Welcome back to the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking. I'm your host, Susie Botello, and you are listening to episode 118. Hey, I'm here with uh, Ross Perkins. Ross Perkins is in Sydney in Australia, and he is an award winner and a premierist. <laughs> uh, Ross uh, premiered his film, um, Mad House. And if that name means anything, just wait till we talk about that film, which he directed, acted in, and edited, and then premiered it at the International Mobile Film Festival in San Diego in 2019. It was the last hurrah before COVID. Oh, the Hi, last Ross. Yeah, right after that. I mean, it was an incredible. Remember the ending of the festival at the end of the award ceremony, that that big roundabout applause and everybody was screaming. You would have thought, you know, it was a concert. It was fantastic. It was so much fun. And I couldn't wait to get to the next one. And then 2020 came. It ruined everything. It really did. <laughs> Not the festival, you guys. <laughs> uh, Ross, how have you been? I've been wonderful. Um, I've been uh, keeping safe and uh, my loved ones are all safe, which is the most important thing to me. And yeah. um, in the quiet times, just trying to be as creative as I can. And I've uh, been writing a lot. Uh, I haven't been able to make a second film, uh, but I've done a few short films uh, in between lockdowns. Um, so that's always been a little stressful. Um, but yeah, yeah. in the end, um, things have slowly come together. Well, Ross, um, I have to thank you publicly now. First of all, Happy New Year, because it's still January. So yeah, um, Happy New Year. <laughs> you too. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, the best thing about um, 2022 is that we will have a film festival. Yes. Uh, we just finished the film submissions, and you are one of the judges sitting on the panel for the short films. Yeah. Uh, have you? You? I know you've you've been a judge before, but you've never been a judge in our film festival. And I know you're looking forward to it. Do you have a word for the uh, filmmakers who submitted their films? Oh, I can't wait to see him. I, I can't wait. I'm drooling. I can't wait to see a bunch of films come my <laughs> way. Um, short features. Um, bring them on. Right. Uh, well, you're only going to be watching the shorts, and there's going to be quite a number of them, so you're probably going to appreciate that you're only watching the shorts and not features too. Yeah, perfect. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the great thing about it is that uh, you know, our listeners, we're going to give them a, a good idea of uh, Ross Perkins' background and where he comes from and why he's going to make such a great judge. Um, but also, we're going to kind of, I, I was telling Ross, I'd really like to talk about one of the things I know that you guys listening uh, are going to really, really going to get something out of it basically and that is how to build your tribe so that you can make films uh because there's more to it than just obviously grab a smartphone right everybody says it just grab your smartphone and start shooting it's like well if that was that easy (laughs) uh yes it's a it's an easier you know um device to work with as far as camera 
But also one of the things that I really loved about Madhouse, uh, Ross, is the fact that you used, I mean, if you would have had a DSLR uh, or a larger camera, um, the way that you used the, the smartphone, um, you couldn't get that many people involved behind the camera. And now you guys listening are going, why would you want to get people like a bunch of people involved behind a camera. Well, Ross, I'd like you to explain that because, uh, you know, in, in our previous podcasts uh, with you, uh, we were talking about some of the scenes where the actors themselves had to handle the camera. And you were one of those actors. Mm-hmm. And directors. <laughs> so one of the best benefits about using your iPhone right, or it could be an Android, whatever, um, is the fact that you're not really afraid of handing it to an actor or someone who's never handled the camera and say, here, shoot this scene with us. Yeah, they're, they're very user-friendly. Um, but also, this, I kind of wrote it into the story as well, where they're each filming each other and um, they... Sorry, the phone itself. The phone itself was was one of the leading actors. In yeah, it. yeah. So, so the phone is the catalyst for the story. So it's told from the perspective of the smartphone, um, and then that allowed me just to hand. And then within the story, uh, each character holds the phone at a certain point in time, and they're filming each other. Um, so that was very economically uh, beneficial. And it worked out well, I mean, very well, because it wasn't so much like shaky camera footage. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's... Um, I mean, sometimes it is, but yeah, it's... Yeah, sometimes but it is, it's, certainly. <laughs> it's, I mean, like, yeah, there, there are times when you guys are, like, chasing each other and things like that, but it's not nauseating is what I'm trying to say. Well, that's, because that's, good. Some, that's good. Some films, yeah, some films you get that. Uh, but with with this one, it was done precisely for with good reason, you know, to be expected type of a thing. And people are uh, really engaged in the film. It's not that you forget that it's filmed with an iPhone because obviously it is. And that's part of the movie. But I think what happens is that you forget you're watching a movie. That's the whole point in your film, that you become a part of this this journey. Uh, why don't you share a little bit about what the film was about, by the way? Uh, so my elevator pitch has always been um, three drug addicts hold a family hostage in their mansion. Um, so that was the <laughs> conventional story. And then um, I, as a choice, I was... More, I saw a lot of um, home invasion films, and I found that they follow a pretty, um, uh, had a, a really strong formula to them. Uh, so, it's always seemed to be that the family was estranged. Um, strangers would come in, disrupt their lives, and then the house would burn down. The house always burned down, um, and then the family were closer <laughs> for it. And I thought, well, I'll try and do the inverse of that. So have it be that the family's already close. Um, and then the, when these addicts come in, uh, one archetype I've always 
uh, never really liked was the idea that, you know, bad guys is bad guys. Um, to me, the bad guys don't really know that they're bad. They think they're right. Um, so I wanted to focus on that. So kind of flip the perspective a bit. So start with the family, get their perspective and then get to know the bad guys a bit more and figure out that they're just people as well. Um, and then I'll be honest in the third, in one of the original drafts in the third act, the house burnt down, (laughs) Um, but I, I, I didn't know how to do that. So, and then I had a wonderful, um, a uh, friend of mine that said, look, if you can't afford to burn a house down, don't do it. Not in a independent film, you know, do what uh, you can do. We, what you we can should, do. we should also note that this was your parents' house. So there yeah, was no I way can't burn that burn down. Your parents. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Too many memories to <laughs> go up in flames. Yeah. Yeah. Dad would kill me. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm glad that, uh, I listened to his advice. And the other one he gave me, which was gold, is he said, um, do the conventional film that everyone has seen in the first and second act, but do it your way. And then in the third act, go somewhere completely different that no one has ever seen before. So I aimed for that in the third act. You know, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to put into words what it's like, but I'm, I'm going to repeat this from the first, you know, uh, episode that we did together. Uh, so I'm going to share with with our listeners what my experience was when I first pushed play on your film. So as I'm reviewing the film, right, got submitted, feature film, and I'm like all excited, cool. And I start to watch the film. And now remember the premise to this film, three du- drug addicts, you know, break into a house, hold a family hostage. Well, damn, (laughs) it was so realistic. I thought, I literally thought, Ross, that someone had pulled a prank on me, you know, and that someone had literally committed a a crime (laughs) and they were, they had filmed it with an iPhone and they were going, ha ha, there's this film festival, accepting movies, shot on smartphones. Boy, we're going to give that festival a run for their money because they're not, we're going to pretend this is a movie. (laughs) Kind of like the, uh, kind of like the, um, was it Robert De Niro or one of those, the 15 minutes yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. The guy comes in from yeah, Russia yeah. and he's filming everything. He, they're filming their murders and things like that. That's that's what I thought up until about maybe literally 20 minutes in where I kind of went, wait a minute. Okay. All right. I think this is a real film. <laughs> but I literally kind of freaked out a little bit at first because I thought, you know, you wouldn't put it past someone to do something like that. You just never know. I mean, if they're no. going to put it on YouTube, right? Yeah. Might as well send it to a film festival. I'm not giving anybody ideas. I'm just saying, <laughs> God, that was crazy. And don't please don't ever do that to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it also says like a really stupid thing to do as well. Like you go, you're going to get caught. Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. more definitely most definitely (laughs) (laughs) there's a little more processing that goes involved with identifying people who submit films right um (laughs) but it was madhouse is as crazy and as chaotic as it sounds and one of the things that you were talking about earlier was that the the characters become so realistic 
right? That, you know, people, just people that you, even though they're the bad guys, that you kind of sympathize with them. And just as you start to think, because in some movies they do that, somebody mm-hmm. starts out as bad and then you sympathize them with them and then they end up being the good person, right? Yeah. But as soon as you start to feel that, Ross will twist you up into a pretzel and say, uh-uh, you're going to now hate them again. <laughs> and you're going to see the bad person here again. And you're going to see how literally stupid they are uh, at the same time. Like, wow, like you blame them, but you can't blame them. But then you kind of go, oh, and then you go, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I think I was, I mean, like, uh, I shot it probably two years ago now. Maybe three. So it's two years. It was 2018. Yeah. So you're you're doing what I do. So everything before COVID or everything after COVID doesn't count. It gets erased when you're going back in time. Yeah, that's exactly it. Actually, it's so. it's literally been what four four, years now. That makes. But we don't count the COVID years. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I don't think any of us do. I reckon this is all over. We'll just go back to 2020. Pretend it didn't happen. It'll be a blip. Um, But. I know that creatively I've, I can separate myself from it. Um, and I liked how I'm proud of the work that I've done. Um, I don't think I'll go that dark again in terms of the, um, themes and the story and all that. I think I got that out of my system with uh, Madhouse. <laughs> Well, you were, you were the, you were one of the protagonists in the story, and um, you went all out as an actor. You lost a lot of weight mm. uh, to look really like, badly. By the way, I did a, it. was only one meal a day, which is really silly. I, I had no help. I, I, I really irresponsible and stupid. Actually, again, the, enough time has passed for me to say that. <laughs> yeah well but i mean still it, it's it's um a, a lot of actors do that they'll gain weight they'll lose weight they'll you know do things that you know i can't remember i heard of one actor who said he he asked a dentist to knock a tooth out mm. or something like that for his part yeah i don't know if you heard about that one yeah but yeah that's crazy yeah, you're I've crazy, Ross. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're doing filmmaking, you kind of have to be, actually. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it takes a special. Yeah, a special kind, kind of, of crazy. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, I mean, like yeah, the, the, the root of it too is when I first, you know, was writing it and decided to play one of the drug addicts. I just aesthetically didn't look like a drug addict, so I thought there's a specific look that it, it comes with that level of um, uh, illness. So um, I was chasing that and I had reference pictures and then uh, the makeup as well. Um, well, everything, your mannerisms, the way you moved, the way you spoke. Um, yeah, that was, um, I, 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 want with, I wanted each of the, I'll call them junkies. Um, I wanted each of the mm-hmm. junkies to be different. Um, so originally I was, doing a lot of experimenting with um, putting on a, an Australian sort of twang. Um, mm. But then I thought, and pretty close to the last minute, I thought, look, um, just to uh, just to differentiate, like just to give him some sort of intelligence, I sort of uh, didn't want to fall into caricature too much. So um, 
decided to play like an, over a, overacting yeah exactly and i think yeah. i could have done that so uh, or risked um doing that so i thought i'll play the character a bit more towards myself um at the last and that but that was a, a last minute decision um and i remember also really vividly um a lot of the scene i didn't do a scene until like the fifth or sixth day of shooting um and i remember before the first scene that i shot being so impressed with all the other actors and then before I had to do my first scene, um, I think I was just getting into character and I caught my reflection in a, a picture frame or something and I told myself, don't be the one to ruin your own movie. Like, <laughs> like don't, <laughs> don't be the worst actor in your movie. You need to <laughs> step it up. So, yeah. <laughs> that helped. Yeah, one of the, one of the things that, that I tell people and, I've, and I had been telling people and I will continue to tell people, um, y- you know, actors love to play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so, you know, don't wait around for someone to cast you in their game. Right. In their in their movie. And instead of doing that, start making your own, which is this is a little segue into what I was what I really want to talk about. Not that I don't want to talk about all this other stuff. I'm sure we'll we'll get back to it. But um the tribe, the the people that you're building. So you've worked on on as an actor. This was the first film that you actually filmed, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've so done a couple imagine, of shorts, but yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I've done a couple of shorts, um, but it's one of those, at least one of those shorts, was me. <laughs> so I did. Uh, right. the, I played two versions of myself. So I did the whole split screen thing. Um, oh, that's right. And then, uh, yeah. Uh, film that that was a good um exercise um and it gave me a little bit of confidence for um madhouse going into it feeling like i think i could do this and um, how long was that film oh it's about five minutes i think right yeah okay so this film that ross made was like what 90 minutes 89 minutes yeah yeah that's right <laughs> yeah so but it was the first feature yes. that you had done yeah and you really sunk into it. Um, now, where was I going with that? So, so hold on. So, while you were experiencing working on these other films, plus your entire, you know, experience in acting, because you are also or were uh, were <laughs> a theater actor, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, and you started to uh, meet people in the filmmaking you know, uh, you, you networked, right. And you worked with people and you had friends and some of you had a lot in common, right? Yes. Yes. Totally. Yeah. And so when you said, I have the desire to make this feature film, you had already had some experience with certain people from your, uh, the couple of short films you've made in the, in the other experience that I just mentioned, and you first looked, where did you look? Did you look first to them or did you go looking outside of your network first? How, how did you go to, um, to get the people involved, in not just in the acting, but also in the, you know, in the sound, the, the set, um, all that stuff. Kimberly, Kimberly Hart. Yes, absolutely. All those people. Yeah, yeah. look, I, I think, so I had the... The idea for the story when I was on a film set and I thought, 
I think I can do this. And I thought I could do it uh, independently. Like it wouldn't require any money. Um, like I could do it guerrilla style. And I thought, well, if you can do it, may as well just do it. Um, and then from there, I think I started straight away with um, picturing who I would cast in it. And a lot of that was um, actors that I'd worked with that I liked um, or actors that I knew. Um, so Aaron, I knew personally because we worked together. He played Bryce, um, the head junkie. And, Say his um, last name just to give him shout out. Oh, Aaron Patrick. Um, okay. So, yeah, he was uh, – so we worked together and he told me a story. And it, look, he's such a big personality and he's a good-hearted, great guy. And um, we were talking about uh, work and he got pulled into a meeting and um, the meeting, he was in trouble for doing something, um, you know. Uh, Wait, one of your crew members and actors was in trouble for something? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in trouble with stuff. Like, uh, it's, so, it's something silly, like the, the workplace would have just been yeah. picking on him a bit. And um, I said, oh, you know, I had this meeting go. And he, he said, uh, oh, it was easier. They sat me down, said they're disappointed, and I started crying, and then that was it. And I went, wait, 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 what? And he goes, yeah, it's I do acting. And I just started crying on him, and then they got weird, and then they ended the meeting. <laughs> I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> and I say, anyone who can do that <laughs> must be a fantastic actor. And if he can bring himself to that, he's got to be perfect. So that was it. That was, I was sold on Aaron. And I was like, that's all I needed. <laughs> And then, <laughs> that was um, his audition. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, actually. And then um, <laughs> Jess, um, I knew was a working actor, and um, like again, lovely to be around and a good friend. And so I just asked her. Um, and then Matt, um, who uh, played the um, uh, the dad Dale, um, I'd worked and Derbler as well, who played Natalie. Um, they. I'd worked with in a play um, and they were just lovely to be around. And that play was very much like in the English tradition of um, uh, Peter O'Toole and, um, nice. you know, or in the sense that like uh, when I say that, I mean like uh, when the show, when we we're in the wings, we we're getting drunk. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> so we really all got to know each other. So that was great. <laughs> um, and I knew that they were my kind of people. So that was lovely, uh, that experience. Um, and uh then t the only wild card uh, was um, Tequila Rathbone. Um, and I'd written this 18-year-old girl character, but I didn't know any 18-year-old girl actors. Um, so um, I had to go hunting on um, all the casting networks for that. And um, I got very lucky. Um, and I, um, I had auditions. Um, and honestly, not many people turned up. Um, but I, Tequila just had a... There's a, it is, it's a weird, you always hear about, it's a weird thing with casting because there's just a quality. Um, for one, she looked like a mix of um, uh, the Derbler and Matt, like she, she could look like their child. Um, but right. also there was just, she could act. I knew that from the tapes that I saw. And it's like, well, that's fantastic. I can work with that. Um, and then there's another quality, which you just can't identify, but you're like, this is going to work. Um, so I kind of chased her down um, after she showed an interest. Um, but she was lovely. She was great. I was very lucky, actually, very lucky. And then how did you, how did you um, 
get the people to do the audio because that was a whole other i know it, it's like a whole other conversation but no no it's, it, um i you, had, it was I, important to you yeah well I, so I have, i'm very lucky i have a, a mentor and he said that you know audio is half the film so that's mm-hmm. uh an important lesson and there was a audio you wouldn't have made it into our film festival i, I could say that now right you wouldn't have made it into the festival um if the audio wasn't wasn't good though it's i consider the audio on par with a 70s movie yeah <laughs> like it's it's fine it's not star wars yes it's, it's no fine. it can't be and, and it's not yeah. supposed to be it That's has to right. be fitting yeah but it so has I, I think to be but yeah yes. but you still have to hear the people and there has to be a, an aspect of quality to it uh you know it, again it has to fit yes but it can't be you know super bad but i learned so many lessons on that um so the uh i had a technician that i saw who was a, a friend of a friend and um, she was uh teaching at a film school and she invited me into her um audio suite and she just gave me a list of nice. everything that i need and how to do it and what i need and then i talked to a technician and the technician i remember tapped out at the last minute um, just something came up. Um, so I ended up doing it. Um, now the good news is I knew how to use the equipment and I, cause I had that, um, she gave me that wonderful education that, and then I could really quickly put into practice and it looked, te- you want to talk about tedious. It was really tedious. Um, and one of the things that I ended up doing, um, was it getting, so each actor had to clap to sync their material and um, yeah. the only the, be- the the very best that I could do was tell the actors, look, when you're feeling that energy, just clap it out, you know, just feel that, you know, <laughs> and then that's going to let you know that we're filming and be energized, but also it's 100% just for the, <laughs> you know, for the edit. Um, but that was um, the best I could do, hand on heart. That is the best that I can do with what I had. The film came from a uh, a true story, but the true story was too gory, believe it or not. And um, uh, this this is this film <laughs> yeah. isn't really gore, uh, but it does have a little bit of it. It's some excruciating parts, of course. I say of course, but I mean what you would expect in a home invasion movie, you know, with drug addicts, junkies that you call them. Um, it's 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 excruciating at some points. Yeah, I think that was. I wanted to. In all honesty, um, horror's not my favorite genre. Um, now, keep in mind, I grew up with '90s action movies, so that was sort of my go-to. Um, yeah. And my favorite horror is The Shining and um, The Exorcist, and they're the pretty much the, and Rosemary's Baby's in there. Um, and I sort of liked that um, aesthetic where um, it's the violence well, is, those is are supernatural but, type but, of that is true. They horror. are there, yeah. yeah. And I couldn't madhouse isn't that, but um, in terms of the violence in those movies, the violence is really matter of fact. It just happens, 
and then yeah. you witness it and you just have to deal with it and i kind of that's quentin tarantino style is that it just happens <laughs> yeah and that's kind of what i wanted to do with madhouse i i kind of just wanted to have it be that this is what we're going to do now we're you know move on um like the fingernails i'm surprised mm-hmm. actually worked out as I, i'm ha- i'm proud with how that worked out um uh for one, that I didn't pull out a real one, and then two, um, that uh, uh, that 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 looks somewhat convincing, which is cool because that could have gone the other way. Um, yeah. And yeah, then look. One of the, the scene in I, the bathroom. Yeah, look, I, I it's it's just, it's it's little things, but I remember because thinking that oh, this is, uh, you know, it's just a bunch of actors making a movie with their iPhone. Um, I want to have each scene have some sort of, not every scene, obviously, but I want to have these scenes that are almost like stunts um, to kind of keep you on edge. Like even so far as to say that that scene where I'm having my head shaved, um, like in real time, um, that was the, f- I've never had a shaved head before. Um, just, so I didn't know how it was going to turn out. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> at least there's something that's a little on edge going on. Um, and that kind of ties back to the fingernails and the, um, the, the, the waterboarding um, and all the other grisly stuff, just to have these little bit of stunts, but I, I, always in service of the story. So, you know, driving the story forward. Oh, we'll see. But, but here's the thing, Ross. There, there are a lot of films, independent films, that are made out there, not with an iPhone, on a budget, right? And they don't have that edge of your seat, uh, where the people in the audience are uh, literally on the edge of their seat. I mean, you got to see people, and are, you sat all the way in the back. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, uh, yeah you sat in the back because you wanted to see the the reactions. Yeah, right? I got some people good ones. People were going to laugh at the right time and scream or, or kind of, you know. Um, how, how was that for you? Did, did it hit on key pretty much? Yeah, it did. <laughs> um, it did it, it kind of, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that it's not a feel-good movie. Um, and I deliberately put humor, I always wanted to have humor in it. Um, and I wanted that humor there to kind of give the audience a release. Um, and also just movies that I like, like there are some movies that, too grim for me um yeah. and i knew that i could easily do that um so it's important to me to have some sort of humor in it and um you know it's not hilarious but i think it's enough just to allow the audience some sort of release like the, the uh, a good example is the um halfway through the movie is the party the party scene and yeah. the chaos that goes around and um uh what the other one is the irony of to me the, for Madhouse is as dark as and grim as the story can be. We had such a good time making it. <laughs> like every oh, well, everything was fantastic. Yeah. Like there was no um, tears or dramas or no one got hurt. Thank God. Um, and uh, although that said, uh, we did leave Matt in the bathtub um, a bit too long. Uh, <laughs> we had a safe word. And he used the safe word, so, <laughs> so I regret that one. Um, but apart from that. Um, no, it was great. Um, with the time of our lives, it's fantastic. And Matt was the the Dale. the actor who played the father, right? Yes. 
Uh, what's his last name? Uh, Matt Jones. My my take on this though is you know if you've been following the podcast, you know we've been discussing the story because that's always my thing to go to the story, the story, the story. Uh, but the story made into a film, uh, you don't have the as an as the audience, right, Ross? You you don't have the uh, the ability to say, okay, I'm pausing this, you know, like you do when you're reading a book. Mm. I'm imagining things, you know. I'm seeing what I want to see, and it's it's a little personal in that sense, but it's also with your imagination where you can kind of control that in a movie though in a film it's like getting into a roller coaster and you're going for a ride you have no control over what you're what's going to happen and it's all about how you're going to accept what you're going to feel um and this film man i just can't say enough good things about it uh i mean we're not talking about a cinematic film like you know, Lord of the Rings or drama or any of those films. We're talking about a film that was purposely shot with an iPhone. The iPhone is one of the protagonists in in the film, uh, almost the main character. But who you think is a protagonist uh, outside of the iPhone ends up not being the protagonist until you watch the end. And I don't want to give that away. Uh, but this film had some, it really was a roller coaster. And, and that's kind of the entertainment of it, you know, the highs and the lows, um, the edge on your seat, all those things put together are just incredible. And I, I really, as an observer, uh, Ross, I really feel like had you not shot it with an iPhone, had you not had people involved who were comfortable with each other, um, you can get the best this and the best that, but in the end, if these people aren't getting along, right, um, if they're not in it for the same reason you are in a way, um, I just don't think it would have been as successful. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think, I mean, you're saying about, um, working as an actor and then networking. Um, see, networking is a word that I've always had trouble with. Um, I, just I know, never, I sound so... I can't... <laughs> I, I kind of... I think I like consciously I made a choice. Because you're not really doing that. You're socializing in a way and just kind of feeling each other up for totally. what your interests and are. Like, I, I've, I've seen it happen with, not, with, with friends. I've seen it happen where they met someone that is doing really well and they don't really get along with them <laughs> but they'll yeah. put up with things because they're in a position and it seldom works out right it's so much better if you just organically meet someone that you connect with and then if you decide to do something together you know that's that's where the luck comes in actually um but also if you like doing it and you share a passion then you'll you'll make friends easily and um if you you know hit it off and you know, you've become great friends, you'll jump through fire for each other. So um, that's... And you're le learning together. If you learn together, you grow together. Absolutely. Totally. And you, um, you know, and if you love to be around your friends and you trust each other, it's not a chore. Um, you're doing something that you all love together. 
Um, and one thing I always found with um, any kind of collaborations I've had with my friends is that, especially while we're shooting stuff, is they we all look at each other and go, why don't we do this all the time? Because it's so much, it's electric. Um, and uh, it's remembering that feeling you know, that keeps you invested. Um, and look, it's also, uh, it's work. It's, it is work, but it's fun. It's fun work. It's the best kind of work. Um, and if you share the same vision, it's, it, it, it works. One of the things is um, that I'm trying to stress in mobile filmmaking um, and in any filmmaking <laughs> in general, really, that, and, and I think you mentioned this to me, maybe in another podcast or maybe having a conversation with you about um, what brings a good actor to make your film, right? To be a part of your film. And I think, did you tell me that they read the script and and heard your pitch or something like that and that they were really interested in, in, in working with it outside of you being just such a great, awesome guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, th- I think... Uh, I went to them each and told them the, yeah, the story and the idea and how I want to do it. Um, and I, th- I was always coming back to, if we could do this tomorrow, why wouldn't we? Um, <laughs> so that was a big help. Um, and then also I, remember I had rules. Like I said, look, um, uh, I mean, one, one, when, I, when the car started to develop, um, you know, when one followed the other, when people began to say yes, um, amongst the actors, I said, look, um, one rule that I got is that you have to respect each other's processes So, as actors. So one actor won't want to talk to you um, and just want to focus on their part. Another one uh, might need to, you know, have a beer or something I'm that's making this up by the way um another act might just have a you know a coca-cola or a beer before they do anything um they can do that and you can't make fun of them that's kind of the right. the rule you need to respect each other's way of doing it um and uh that was always good because one thing I didn't want I didn't want on a any set where you're making fun of other people I, I think that's um not a good way to do it um, it's unprofessional for one thing. But it does happen, but like it, it, it can easily kind of slip in. And it happens that in, I think that comes from my experience in workplaces um, where, yeah. you know, you've seen it a million times where someone's just doing their job and then somebody else will make a crack at them. Um, it's not it good. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't set a, it's a small thing. It is. I know that, but it does plant the seed for a toxic environment. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think we need to kind of, if we're going to grow up in some way, right, which none of us really want to grow up, but, (laughs) but in in one way is to stop judging people in in that sense and and mocking people. I think that's just, I think, I think the pandemic has taught us to be a little less of that too. Yeah. Yeah. And look, in, in terms of Madhouse, like the whole experience, I never came across it no one ever said to me this that and the other and i'm not getting along with that person and that never happened not once um so um and then 
Well, that's yeah. what I find about your film so attractive uh, for this conversation about getting people together that you work well together and that will help you make better films. Look, I, I've met, um, I have a dream team in my head. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nice. I know who, uh, like, and, uh, sorry, I, I can't take credit for this. I heard it um, uh, in an interview. I don't know who the filmmaker was, um, but somebody said that um, making, getting a film crew together is like Ocean's Eleven. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. And, no, but it's so it's true. true. It's like every time making a movie, it's a heist. You're getting, who's the best sound guy I got? You know, who's the best uh, camera guy that I know? <laughs> like, it's that. It's great. Um, so if you've had some sort of experience, like just of you, when I say that, I mean, like you've met someone who you liked. Yeah. That's, that's all I mean when I say experience. Um, then, you know, and you know who you can just go to them, you know. Yeah. Um, well, and, and that's, that's kind of my thing too, of course, that uh, my thing, uh, what I'm trying to say that you can look for the best this and for the best that, but you still have to kind of play. It's like the dating game in a way, right? I think it comes organically. I, 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 I think that comes organically. I, I, it's the same way dating does, I guess. Like it's, when you meet someone you know and it's the same thing when you're yeah. you know you're meeting another actor um like i remember the other day i was in an audition and me and the other actor just go along really good you know you mm -hmm. just don't question it and then uh, you, one thing you do is you go oh hey man let's um stay in touch so you know you got right. someone to add to the rolodex um you know it's but also you know, it's a nice person that you like to be around so you know hold on to that and i think actors um you know, like we're, I mean, the arts as well, um, generally is, you can go so much further as a team. Yeah, in the entertainment industry, in the arts industry and all that, I think people, I mean, in the business world, the, the word like, like what you were saying before, networking, right? Mm. But I think in the entertainment industry, they do it, they do it differently. Yeah. which is why it probably just sounds weird, right? The word networking, because people naturally socialize. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm not saying that everybody has to be a socialite, right? To, to be in the industry, but at least when you're around people, um, if you want to grow in the industry, you have to be able to communicate with people. You have to get out of your shell. That's part of acting, right? As an actor. Well, I think I, I think every director, filmmaker should do an acting class. Um, oh, so yes. For for one, they would give you if you need it. It would give you an extra bit of confidence. Um, and then secondly, um, let's you know how to talk to actors. Um, I, you know, I, I should was be lucky. in front of the camera. Should play yeah. a role in front of a camera, even if it's only a small role. And I think every director should do that. Everyone who's in the industry, as a crew member even, should do that just to get that perspective. Yeah, I mean, with, with the acting, because communication is really important, um, but I don't think it's possible to communicate everything. So, you know, you, you just do your best. Um, but I found that often, often, 
actors will tell you if they need something. Um, so uh, that's really helpful. But also, as an actor, often the director doesn't tell you anything. And I'm very fortunate in that my acting... That's nerve-wracking. Well, I'm lucky because my acting training um, taught me to direct myself. They yeah. said, they, they told, they primed us. They said, you're not always going to get it from a director. So you've got to learn to do that. So like, and do, do it yourself, like prime yourself, you know, get ready where you need to be yourself. Don't rely on a director to do that. Um, and what that's good for two reasons. One, if you're not getting anything, well, at least you can do your own thing. And if they don't like it, they'll tell you and you can move from there. So you're bringing something. Um, that's, that's where it's helpful. It, it gets you started. Um, and yeah. But as an actor, you know, that if you don't satisfy the director, you know, in post, you can get cut out of, of a film. Uh, I think a director will tell you if they don't like what you're doing. They'll, they'll tell you. They should. Definitely. Sometimes that just doesn't happen during, during the production. I've, I've had that experience and not to me because I'm not an actor yeah but i've seen it i've been on um films worked on films where a character was completely left out and it had it, it is that sometimes true to the it's actor nothing. or the, the the story do you think uh i see that's that's what i was saying it's like um i remember one film i worked on there was a guy that played uh, a taxi driver that comes to pick up uh this this woman uh the protagonist and he was hilarious and he really, you know, rocked the scene and everything. And he was really good. Uh, he played the part very well. But I think the decision was made in the editing that it didn't really add anything to the story. Yes. Totally. And so they cut him out. But it's never because of the actor. That, that's never. No. Because the actor's not doing anything. I, I, so there are great actors, like incredible Actors. My favorite actor, in fact, is my uh, best friend, and he's not in Madhouse. <laughs> like I had to, yeah. I had to cut him out. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. And not only that, <laughs> there's um, you know, two other really great actors um, that I've had to that I had to cut out, um, yeah. and great performances, um, and nothing to do with them. It was a hundred and ten percent because of the f- film. It, it's it was slowing I, I think, scenes down. I think and, with this taxi driver though. Had he toned down his performance some, um, right. if if he would have known that the director just wanted him literally to go and say, "Hi, I'm the taxi driver. Someone call for a ride." Yeah. All right, let's go. If he would have just done that, I think they would have kept him in. Right. You know. Yeah, that, that so is possible. He d- he performed really well, hmm. but I I think that the. the you know, at the and the director was like laughing and having a good time with it too. But I think the director should have kind of said, "Hey, that was great, but can you do this other way just in case as yes. well?" Yes, yes, that's important. You know? That's important. I remember how much. I don't want to take up too much time. Can I tell you a story that I'll try and make quick? Totally, tell me a story. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I remember watching. I'm a big. So one of my big things is. Um, and I'm jealous. I am insanely jealous of actors that have just wonderful faces, um, like really good character faces. So I'm just jealous of them. Guess I'd love to have one, um, and I don't think I do. <laughs> um, and I remember 
um, the first thing that I did when I went to America was I did a short film and uh, the crew were lovely. Everyone, they're really lovely people. And um, I saw the headshot of an actor that was playing um, one of the fa- a father whose child gets killed. And mm. I remember seeing this picture. This guy looked like, do you know, he looked like Gene Wilder mixed mm. with um, the, the, the robot in Star Trek. Um, the data. Oh. Data. Yeah. So he looked like the love child of Gene Wilder and Data. And I was thinking that is such an incredible face. So like, and I said, am I going to Did he have it? a silver face too? Yeah, yeah, well, he did. It was a black and white polar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I said, I go, look, I, can I see this guy act? And they said, yeah, you guys, you won't have a scene together, but we'll shoot another scene that you're doing um, on the same day. So you'll be able to see him do his thing. And I was like, and they, I said, well, he, he looks great. And they said, yeah. And they said, we haven't seen him act, but. He looks fantastic, doesn't he? I was like, yeah, great. So um, I shot my scene that morning and then I met him and I was uh, in acting class. So my script was filled with notes. Um, so I was making all these notes and he came past me and I got to meet him. And before I could say hi, he goes, oh, you're writing on his script, are you? I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, wow. You know, he showed me, nice. you know. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, he did a scene and he was sitting at a table and he's just been told that his um child is dead and he i see I, i'm in just behind one of the monitors and then this you know girl goes up to him and whispers in the ear and he was horrific he was the worst actor i've ever seen what <laughs> happened he was just bad he, he moaned and it was it was awful um, and I learned a really strong lesson, which, and I remember the director was like, um, uh, terrified, just terrified. Um, and then the next day they reshot it with a different actor. Um, wow. but I learned a lesson from that, which is, uh, you know, you actually see somebody act, but don't just cast them straight on their, you know, their picture, you know, um, see them do what yeah, they I do. Was say, I was going to say something about that when, um, when you said, you know, the reaction of the director was, yeah, he looks great, right? Well, like, that's the thing. Well, also the fact that uh, the other lesson I learned was the director didn't say anything. And it's not a reflection, like, it's not a slight on them, but um, I just felt that, like, the whole thing could have been avoided if the director had jumped in earlier at the, at the um, casting yeah. level, you know. Um, yeah. Like, I, well, I, that's, it, that's harsh. That's harsh. That's harsh on everybody, actually. Uh, everybody, every actor that had an interaction with him is going, I thought I did pretty good and now I got to do that again. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That does happen. Um, but yeah, look, look, that's the like rarest of the rare. Um, often it's just because you're getting cut because of timing. Yeah. Well, um, wow. I mean, that's just an experience. I've never, I've never out of all the things I've experienced, I've never seen, you know, I mean, this guy was like the protagonist, right? Yeah. I, I've just <laughs> never experienced where, where the director doesn't, doesn't really audition that person. Well, through more than just one scene for, for the, for that role. He looked pretty cool, but 
<laughs> I think that. Okay. Be, yeah. uh. <laughs> I think that's what they. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Cast for looks. I yeah. thought we were over that, right? Yeah, I think that's something that needs to go. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I I think I think little by little, um, it is leaving. I think there's there's lots of conversations happening about, you know, people who don't look like movie stars being, you know. I think there was a conversation going on. I think I saw something about, oh, what's his name that was cast for Spider-Man? Right, yeah. Holland. Yeah, and yeah. he was on, speaking of taxi drivers, but I think it was an Uber or or a, or a, a driver for a, the car for the, for the movie or whatever it was that told him, I don't think you're going to get the part. I'll be surprised because of, you know, or you know, something something about, you know, his looks not not being movie star material for a superhero that's that's rubbish that's absolutely rubbish. i know right it, it just sort of right before he went for his audition you know uh and, and that's that's kind of another thing too that you're working on a set and you're working with people who are you know famous or whatever celebrities and you're on a set and you just got cast as a well you're not you didn't get cast but uh, you're a PA or or a sound person or you could be the DP. It doesn't matter. It's just it's just like all of a sudden you feel like starstruck, right, by that person, and that person needs to focus on their lines, you know. Mm. Um, and so it was one of the things that one of the the first things that they told me when I went on my first film set was don't have conversations with the actors, even if you can, or even if they're looking for that, you know, be very mindful when they have the script in their hand, don't approach them unless it's, you know, work related, basically. Yeah, I saw um, an interview with a director of photography who was talking about how, like, he he gets it though, like he was empathetic. He said, look, um, you see it, like the actor's got lines to learn and, um, you know, what to get into a particular headspace. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have someone who's on set who wants to have an encounter to go home and, uh, look, this is all understandable, I guess. I, I believe it's understandable. They, yeah. they want to have an encounter with them so they can go home and tell their friends that, you know, hey, I, I told um, Johnny Depp to stand here or, you know, he told me this, that and the other. Um, but... One thing I had learned on a and it was a big film. Um, there was a guy in charge. He said, "Look, if everyone knows their role, it's great. If you if you if you know what your role is, you'll have a great time. It's when you step out of your role continuously that you'll start to rub against other people. That's when you're in trouble. Because if you know your role, you're gonna have a great time. And I think that's a that's something that I've always kind of kept in mind." Um, yeah, and then that's, it'll come that's to you, actually you know? a big movie thing, though, M- mm. more of a Hollywood thing. Yeah, look, I think it's knowing your role is important. Like, why, why are you there? You're there to do this job. And then the stuff will happen organically, you know, it will. Yeah. You know, it'll come to you almost. Um, and it's fun. You never stand around and do nothing. No. no, no people and, are working. And you're all in it together. So, you know, it's, yeah. you're all doing the same, you know, you're all doing the same job. Um, uh, but the one thing I noticed, like recently I did a, a shoot where it was this giant nightclub and there was probably about 150 people, 
um, in this nightclub. And this is before we had another COVID outbreak. <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> so this is back when he could. <laughs> um, so what, six months yeah. ago here. Um, and I and everyone's in dress up and costumes and um, being on the other side of it, like um, doing seeing actors do their thing. Like I always had this, I guess, like a fantasy of like, oh, yeah, if I've ever got to be around – um, you know, all these extras, I'd, you know, I'd love to just get amongst it and I'd spend all my time just chatting with everyone and all that. And you just can't, there's too many people. <laughs> like you just you physically cannot, you know, and then you're talking amongst other things as well. Like, you know, you got the director who's just working their bum off, you know? Um, yeah. and you, you don't hear every word they say, right? So you just got to pay all your attention onto that. And there's somebody else coming back and then the, the direction changes it does, yeah. Like, you know, you, you've, you've done the scene and then more than once and then they go, look, it's for whatever reason that camera is not there and this, that and the other and you've got to do it again. The last thing you can do is you know, chat and talk to but you know, a room full of 100 people. You can't. You just physically can't, um, you know. That's crazy. So that's one thing I'd That's like. as crazy as a madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, yeah, that yeah. scene was pretty crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so so yeah so that's part of you know the the building your tribe all these things that that we're talking about that that a lot of people don't consider going to happen but imagine having a group of people that you know and these things come up you know how will they react do you you know when you're when you're building your crew do mm. you think like they're going to do what you need them to do and just sort of jump on it or, or do you think they're just going to have a fit or they're just going to sit around and wait and see how other people fix things. Right. Well, I mean like with Madhouse particularly, um, the crew ended up being in the movie, <laughs> which is yeah. <laughs> very strange. See, that's, that's what I loved about it. You had the actors sort of being part of the crew at some point, yeah. you know, because they were holding the camera and, taking direction on how to how to film yeah. for for the most part but it was simple with an iphone and then you mm. have people in the crew who were actually a part of the of the film especially in the party right yes that's right yeah yeah but also um uh, there's a character dan who's played by one of my favorite actors is um my friend mitch wright and he was my um first ad um <laughs> and um you know, he's such a talented actor. I was like, look, I got to get you in there. So, um, have that, he's the, um, one of the, he's the, in the third act, he's the junkie that they live with and hang around. Um, and he's got the the odd haircut, um, which was, uh, him taking, yeah. When I told him, I go, this, you're, you're a junkie. He goes, I know what to do. And he had this horrible mullet. Um, (laughs) but he was there from the beginning. Like he's, um, he's behind the camera in every, every shot. Um, wow! And he I shot. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So he's the um, he he shot um, uh, one scene um because I it was just delegating. I I couldn't. I needed to prep something downstairs and I couldn't be upstairs, and I thought, look, I'm gonna make a judgment call and get uh, Mitch to film a scene without me. You know, um, let's let it and then I'll watch the playback and see if we like it. Um, so there's yeah. a, a scene that he directed. Um. And it's great. It's in the flick. Um, so you, yeah. what you just talked about, everything you just said was not a very typical 
not at all typical in any other film set. Well, second unit is what that was like getting a second unit, getting someone else to film. That that is yeah. that is, they do do that, um, and I knew no, that but as well. I mean what but. you just said about about in in but usually a second unit takes place at a different location. Yes, that is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but would you just? I mean that whole piece, right? That you have your first AD, and then he he gets a role in the film, yes. and then of course he's filming something for you. You know, that that whole thing is is not common at all in filmmaking, in, in a film production. Yeah, it worked. Like, I mean, I, and I'd do it. It totally and, worked. And it certainly worked with Mitch. And I'd do it a hundred times it, with Mitch. Um, so and then Kate Heffernan, she um, was there from yeah. the beginning with Kim as well. And Kim's in there in Madhouse. Yeah. And, and likewise, she's behind every scene. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, also I wanted to consciously, I never wanted, I heard a great bit of direction from a director that said, and all I had to do was walk from, like, down a trail, um, and he's, the, the director goes, look, um, all you got to do is just, is just walk from here to here, but go through something in your head, so at least you have a purpose, and he goes, the camera will love it, you know, we don't need to know what you're thinking, but just have something that influences why you're moving somewhere. It'll make all the difference. Um, so that was one thing that I was really mindful of. I wanted all the junkies to have, to be doing something, not sitting there, not just being extras or whatever. Like I wanted them to all have some sort of uh, quirk um, and have them discover it themselves. Um, trust yeah. them to do that. And that's something that I'm carrying over into a few other things that I've made since. Um, just if if somebody's in a shot, I want them there for a reason. I just don't want them there to fill up space. And that, and that also goes for the people that are involved in your production, um, who are doing this or doing that. Where everybody felt uh, you were you showed gratitude to all of them, of course, because you know you say hey thank you and all this stuff. Oh, absolutely. But it, like, and I, I meant course, every little but, drop yeah, of it. Yeah, but it shows <laughs> it shows in the way that, you know, hey, you're here for a reason and 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 we need you. Yeah. And and that's also very that you people take pride in that when it comes especially in filmmaking. I was I I've I've met countless people who have said, you know, I worked on on this movie I worked on that movie you never saw me because I was behind you know I was behind the scenes you know but but I was I worked on this movie you know I I worked on this set I remember meeting one guy one time that got to do a build the stage for for a band you know what I mean and um, men at work it was men at work Mm. and he was like showing off like crazy i got to i got to build the stage you know he was working with wood and stuff right i got to build help build the stage for men at work you know and he was super excited i was just a little teenager at the time and i was like oh my god that is so cool you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you know but people take pride in things like that and i think sometimes you you know you don't realize because 
sometimes you're putting a film together, you're putting your, your crew together, and you're thinking about the needs to fill the spots that, that you need people to, to help you with, to make it happen and so forth. But for them, it can be a real privilege, you know, well, and they take pride in it later. Like, I always felt that, like, well, it's also my nature. It's, I do kind of believe that, you know, if you're snapping at people, it doesn't really help anyone. No. Um, and, you know, I, one of the things that I kind of, when I met the actors, um, which kind of, if, ever, if you love it, you t- kind of take any excuse to, to do it. Um, and I would never take advantage of that. Um, I'm very mindful and respectful of that. Um, so I kind of felt the same way with uh, all the crew and everyone. It's like, well, they're there because they, they love it or they want to discover more about it. Um, so, that, I mean, that, that, would go, that goes a long way. Um, and then we're also talking about this basic <laughs> respect <laughs> you know it's not um and look you get busy like i know that i get a bit maybe short sometimes like uh you know but it's not rooted in um ego or um it, it's mainly because time is the enemy and you need to get a lot done really quick um yeah you know um i mean a good one is i mean it's classic on every film set uh where mm-hmm. You get everyone on time really early and then nothing gets done for the first four hours because it takes that long to set up the first shot. Because you're waiting. What, what's really happening, I think, is you everyone's meeting that day and they're getting into a groove and they've got to find their way. What I try and do is organise that first shot the night before so that when people get there, start straight away and then from there, it's like, well, you've already done that one shot and then um but that's you know really important to me is i just need to get that first shot done really quick <laughs> uh, and then yes. i can re- almost relax for the rest of the day um <laughs> you've done that, something well that first shot is important <laughs> it is yeah exactly right because yeah. i've been on so i so many sets where um nothing's getting done for the first four or five hours and then they go oh we need to do this, that, and the other. It's like, well, you, you lost five hours on that first shot, man. Like, you know. Um, so, yeah. It's not... It, look, it, filmmaking is... What well, we talked uh, earlier about um, how tedious filmmaking is. Um, yeah. But it's always been tedious. It al- always has been. Um, even though the technology is more accessible, filmmaking is a very tedious thing. So... Um, if you all know that that's what you're going in for, but it's a fun, tedious, um, you know, you have a good time. Um, it's almost like you're building, um, an old fashioned clock. Yeah. Yeah. You that's know? right. And that's, that's like my visual of a production. It's like all these little moving parts sort of with the sprockets and everything, just sort of together, you know, just spinning and making it. And, be, and if you get really, if you zoom in, <laughs> you can't really tell what's happening because it's too detailed. If you zoom out, you see the beauty 
in the, this is going to be a great way to end this. And the beauty when you zoom out is everyone working together for the purpose of making that little hand on the watch move, tick, mm. talk, in sync with time. See, it's not only the orchestrating, getting everything together, uh, film set uh, running, but it's also, sadly, the most important thing is what the camera is saying. So not just the um, mise-en-scene of what's going on within the camera, but mainly also what's with the actors, them keeping the ball up in the air. Does that make sense, the ball up? Um, so yeah, that's the whole the scene energy. right so there. So you can yeah. have all the everything ready, and then if the scene is that you know it's two actors talking, but they are literally just two people you know, reciting lines. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a well, it's a bunch of people really. Like everyone is doing their part. Yes, totally. You know, and, and, then, and it, as a whole, it's the movie. But of course, it it also includes pre-production, the planning, the post-production everything until it's like quote unquote in the can right yes totally and, and then when I, i'm just very mindful of the um the energy that's going on within the um the scenes i think that's really important yeah um and uh in terms of uh like i i as a i actually think uh like this may very well be a tangent but i really think there's a lot to be said for just making things easier for yourself so um, I don't really use lighting rigs. I use natural light um, wherever I can. Um, yeah. Because just the economics of, and that is such an important, I'm well aware of how important lighting is, um, but I think you really need to have the, the, a great operator, DOP, to pull that off. Well, that um, comes, and also yeah, your that time. comes with experience when you know the natural light is 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 good and it's yes. going to really work for you and you can make that work as opposed to spending four hours trying to light a room exactly and i know so i heard a great thing which is people losing hours lighting a shot when you should light the scene this is somebody somebody's opinion by the way um so that you know you should light the set not the shot um and, uh, and then you gotta wait. You gotta wait for things to get all the lights to cool down before you can strike them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Um, you know, so it's. I, I believe that there's a lot to be said for just making things easier, self easier for yourself wherever you can. Um, this at this stage, um, lighting is something that I just try and catch naturally. Um, and then there's another thing. There's a little pet peeve that I have with lighting too, is that you can't just go into somebody's house and start plugging in wattage, watts and watts mm. of volts of, of, of lighting. Until they send the electricity bill. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, no, but you can, you can, uh, blow fuses mm, yeah, totally. <laughs> in their house. So you have to be careful with that too. And that takes experience and knowledge that sometimes, especially in mobile filmmaking or with a smaller crew, if you don't really need it, don't 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 use it. Yes. Yeah, and I think look, just use whatever you have at your disposal. Um, yeah. And that uh, look, I it's 
Yeah, I've learned so much getting, from that. I know. <laughs> we, we get keep get, we keep going on into all these details, and I think you know some of our listeners are they um, probably have just like you and I probably did too, Ross. This grand illusion—it's not really an illusion—but this grand this dream of being on set and being the director, right? And directing a film. And you have what you've seen on on some of these, you know, the making of. But they don't they don't sit down and really tell you all the details and all the things that you can have that can happen. And I'm hoping that by listening to everything you just said, and especially, you know, that they watch Madhouse and realize how unique this film is and after hearing how you made this possible that they realize that you can have this you know this idea of what filmmaking is or you can actually make the film yeah i I, look if if you can do it do it and you don't need permission by the way you don't need anyone to tell you right you You can do it yourself (laughs) you you don't need to wait for someone to go oh look here's this amount of money i wouldn't wait for that i would just do it um, no. And that's, I guess you've probably heard that so many times by now. But and I would, I would say also make many, make many films. Yeah. And, and safely at the moment, it's very difficult. Like um, it, yeah. I can only speak for what's in Australia, but um, it's t- I, I, like, uh, difficult to get people together safely at the moment. Yeah. And, but the, the thing about making many films is like, as you're, you know, in, during safe times, that you're you're learning about the process and you're learning about the people that you want to perform the process with if 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 you know what i mean mm. yeah you know these are the people you know they they worked on three films with me they did great on this and they really got along with everybody and i got along with them and they you hey, know I, I definitely want this person to be in my next films always yes. yeah keep keep them close um yeah and make a list yes yeah make i did make a list um yeah and uh you know if you if you're friends and you, be, or you become friendly it's effortless definitely all right ross what would be the last thing that you that you we haven't talked about that you want to just kind of just so that we can end this episode without it being too long um what would you like to say to to our friends who are listening to this episode? Uh, keep up the struggle. It's it's really it's a really hard industry. Like it's it's kind of impossible, but if you love it, it will serve you through all of it. Hey, I wish I wish you uh, the very best um, of luck with your auditions. That. I, I'm glad to hear that you're going through more auditions for for being cast. I'm sure you'll some of these, if not all of them, will come through for you. You're such a good actor, um, and you made such a great film for your first feature film. And I hope that winning the award helps solidify that you need to make more. Yes, it it, it sits on my parents' mantle, and uh, it looks back at me <laughs> going, "Make another one." Make another one. <laughs> As your parents are looking at you, not in our house. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Say goodbye to our listeners. Yeah, goodbye, everyone. Thank you very much.